Good morning, everybody. This is Heidi St. John. Thanks for joining me here today at the podcast. Today is episode number 665. It is Monday, September 24th. Today is one of my favorite days at the podcast, as you guys well know. It's Mailbox Monday. And I'm going to try really hard today to get to three of your questions because these are stacking up on me over at the podcast. So we're going to talk to a girl named Janie. So Janie, if you're listening today, I'm going to talk to you about your uh, question. These are some really thought-provoking questions. We're going to talk a little bit about debt, how it is that we talk to our children about God's view of people, even when they're sinning, even when they're rebelling against him. So what does it look like to give our children an accurate picture of how God sees people? And then also we're going to talk about Uh, having more kids. Should we have more kids or shouldn't we? This is going to be a great podcast, you guys. Stick around. I think you're going to be encouraged. All right. So today is Monday, the 24th. I want to thank you guys so much for leaving reviews over at the podcast. Uh, on iTunes. I really appreciate those. We read every single one of them. One of you complained that you uh, didn't like me talking about my book so much. I want to I just speak to that for a second, <laughs> if it's okay, um, because this podcast does not have advertisers. I don't know if you've noticed that. We try to keep it very short and a very, I hope that it packs a punch for you. But one of the ways that we support the podcast is by letting you guys know when we have new things that are coming out, telling you a little bit about Mom Strong International, all of those things. And so if you love this podcast, one of the ways that you can support it is by supporting what we're doing over at Mom Strong International and letting people know about the books that I'm writing and particularly right now, the launch of Prayers for the Battlefield. So I didn't want you to think I'm just doing that for fun. I'm actually doing it to help support the podcast. So I really do appreciate the reviews that you guys leave over at iTunes. And uh, not only does it help us to get the word out to other people, but it really encourages us when we read them. We love to hear from you. This is Mailbox Monday. And as always, if you have a question that you would like to see addressed at the podcast, I'd love to hear from you. You can email me anytime, podcast at thebusymom.com. Uh, my team will go, we go through those routinely and we sort of try to put them in categories. Uh, sometimes we'll bump some to the top depending on what's going on in the culture. And that's kind of what's happened today with at least one of the questions that we're going to be answering. But I just want to thank you guys for writing in and for listening to this podcast and for sharing it. And uh, we really appreciate it. We are so thrilled to be able to use this platform to speak biblical truth and encourage you back to the Bible. Really, that's what this is all about. That's why we do the podcast. Uh, I just came back from our weekend at Katie's First in Houston, and uh, I will have pre-recorded this. So I'm assuming that that was a great weekend. <laughs> and uh, I just, we, we love it to see you guys and to hug your neck, to have you come out in events. A couple of events coming up for me. I will be at the HSLDA Leaders Summit this coming weekend in Washington, D.C. I'm going to be uh, keynoting the women's lunch in there. So I'm really excited about that. And then right after that, October 6th in Vancouver, Washington, uh, the MomStrong Conference is coming to town. So grab a friend, grab your friends from church. I'm telling you what, you guys, it's going to be a weekend that will change your life. I am so excited about what the Lord has laid on my heart for you for the MomStrong Conference this week. And uh, we're going to be talking all season. The theme is Miracle Worker, 
the life-changing power of following Jesus. And if you are a child of the living God, uh, the gospel should change you. It should be changing you. And so we're going to move from a place of stagnant in our walk with the Lord, hopefully to just alive and growing. We're going to be talking a little bit about the five solas from the Reformation, which is a great time to do it. Uh, but that's part of the the heart of the podcast is to turn your eyes and your heart back to the Bible alone. So we look to the Bible alone for the answers. We look to the Bible alone as the authority for all things uh, in faith and practice as believers. And we want to learn to discern the word of God and then teach it and then defend it. And so I can't wait to see you at the MomStrong Conference. I know you're gonna leave encouraged. Uh, This isn't just for mothers. It's really a women's conference for anybody who wants to grow stronger in their walk with the Lord. Also, I wanna encourage you, join me at MomStrong International. We're on the last week of uh, the MomStrong study for this particular month, and then we'll move to the month of October. We're gonna continue talking about being born on a battlefield, uh, and we're gonna change our focus just a little bit. So that is also a really great way for you to uh, encourage us and support the ministry of the podcast. It's by becoming a member at MomStrong International. It's $8 a month, but it gives you access to the Bible studies that we've written, and I think you guys are gonna just be so encouraged by what God is doing over at MomStrong International. So we're coming up on 10,000 members there. Remember, the scripture writing challenge is free. And so is the copy work for your children. We do that every month because we want to see you in the word of God and we wanna see you get your children in the word also. There is power, men and women, in the word of God. The Bible says that God's word is living and active and sharper than any two-edged sword. So with that in mind, I'm gonna jump into some questions and hopefully we're gonna get through these questions Uh, in the remaining time that I have left, so about 15 minutes. So the first one comes from Janie, and I, Janie, I love this question uh, because I think it's relevant to what's happening in the culture, and I love the way that you framed it. So uh, I think this is gonna be an encouragement for everybody listening. So she said, Heidi, as a young kid, I learned from my parents and my teachers that smoking was a negative choice. It was not healthy for people's bodies. It was not a choice that I should make. While they didn't teach it to me this way, I took that information and processed it in my black and white mind as smoking and smokers are bad. I looked down upon anyone that I saw was smoking and sort of lumped them together. While I realized that that was a wrong interpretation of what was shared with me, it has placed a fear in me in regards to my own children. I have a four-year-old daughter who I imagine will soon be asking tough questions due to things like homosexual coworkers, rainbows on everything in the stores around her, and just the general culture that she is exposed to when we are in public places. I'm not sure how to explain that God designed marriage to be between a man and a woman, and God designed each of us male and female. He doesn't make mistakes. But also that we are to love those around us and treat everyone with kindness, even if they don't live by biblical standards. We can't expect them to follow the Bible if they haven't heard the good news or if they've chosen not to live according to the word. Uh, And then here's the bottom line for Janie's question. I know this, but I don't know how to share it with my daughter so that she doesn't wrongly interpret it like I did in regards to smoking during my childhood. This is a great question because it gives us an opportunity to talk about God's heart for the unsaved. So we know from, from the book of John, actually we know from the whole Bible, but particularly in John 3.16, we know that God said he loved the world so much for God so loved the world 
that he sent his son into the world to die for us, right? So that whoever believes on him, on the name of the Lord, could be saved. God sent his son, Jesus, to pay a terrible price for our sin. And we're, we're talking about this at the MomStrong Conference too, just the incredible love of God for all of his all of his creation. He loves us. That is, the Bible is a love letter. It's also a letter of God's uh, pouring out of his spirit on onto his uh, people in the New Testament. We see how they move from the law to a period of grace. Oh my goodness. The Bible is an unfolding of God's love for humankind. And so that always needs to be at the forefront of our minds whenever we talk to our children about things that are difficult. And my friend Jane, a long time ago, she explained this to me and I thought it was beautiful. Uh, she said that she and her daughter were downtown working. I can't remember why she said they were down there, but she was down there with her daughter and they were they, they she saw a homeless woman who probably was a prostitute and her daughter had this kind of, you know, recoiled a little bit and her mom took the opportunity to say, you know what, sweetheart, that lady doesn't know how loved she is yet. She doesn't know that Jesus loves her. And I love how she framed it because it was a beautiful illustration of how we can love and still tell the truth. And so what she did in that moment was she gave her daughter a heart of compassion. She instilled in her daughter a sense of, oh my goodness, I could tell her that Jesus loves her. Do you see what I'm saying? And so what we want to do is when it's obviously, when it's appropriate and when the the time is right, what we want to do is tell our children the truth. We definitely want to explain to them that God designed marriage to be between a man and a woman, but our children are first seeing our example. So if they see us constantly making fun of people that we disagree with or talking in tones of condemnation, then they're going to pick up on that. If you can teach your children God's heart is for people, and that is woven all throughout the scriptures, then even when we talk to them about the sin of mankind and the things that we do that break God's heart, not the least of which right is abortion, um, we want to talk to people with respect and kindness. And I think because of social media too, and because of the way that, that things are in the culture right now, this seems to be getting more and more difficult. But it shouldn't be difficult. It should be something that flows out of us because we love God's creation and we love the people around us. Now, there's a caveat to this because there is such a thing as an as an evil person. And we don't want to teach our children that evil doesn't exist, right? So I, I think talking to your children about how to love people who are around them and still seeing their sin first comes from modeling. So model it, model it, model it for your daughter. Uh, let her see that you walk and live in extravagant love, but you also need to use discernment with that love. So um, this is, I think this is a problem that parents are facing in the culture right now more than any other time I can remember. Because how crafty is it of the devil to use something so tender as human sexuality and put it in the church like it is right now, this sin of homosexuality, and it's just in our faces. Nobody wants to talk about um, somebody else's private life, right? I mean, we, I kind of, you know, there's a part of me that's just like, dude, live and not live. But we know that God's word says that eventually that's going to bring harm with it and suffering and death. And so we have an obligation to speak the truth, but we speak it in love. And our children are not going to learn to speak the truth in love unless they first see it modeled by their parents. So Janie, that's what I want to encourage you to do. Um, speak lovingly 
around your daughter, let her just see you walking this thing out because uh, what your kids learn from you is much more about what you model for them and less about what you say. Obviously, the things we say are important, but the modeling is just as, and I think in many cases, even more important uh, than than what you say. Someone said to me, you know, your kids really aren't listening to you, but boy, are they watching. And uh, that's true. <laughs> it's very, very true as they get older. All right, next question comes from a mom who wants to remain anonymous. She has a question about debt. She said, Dear Heidi, I am very curious what you'd have to say about debt. Maybe this isn't something that you, um, something like what you talk about. Not usually, but uh, I like your question. So we're going to, we're going to answer it. She said, I'm curious if debt is something Christians should try to avoid and how the best way to avoid it and how to get out of it, especially on a tight budget and how not to get anxious over it every night when you go to bed. All right. So debt is something that is, in the culture everywhere right now. And so I'm going to talk to you about it for just a minute. But before I do that, I want to recommend uh, a, a resource to you. I love what Dave Ramsey teaches about debt. All right. So we want to we want to know what the Bible teaches about debt. And we'll talk a little bit about that today. Um, what the Bible says, what the Bible doesn't say. We know for sure. And that there are some great uh, references and resources out there. I like Dave Ramsey because I know he knows the Lord. And he teaches about money from a biblical point of view. And that's what we want to do, right? Is talk about things from a biblical point of view. Proverbs 22, verse seven says, the borrower is a slave to the lender. Let's let that sit in for a second. A borrower is a slave to the lender. Have you guys ever felt enslaved by debt? I have. Uh, Jay and I have walked through some pretty deep water. We lost our home actually when the housing market crashed. Turned out we had what was known as a junk loan. And so when the housing market crashed, uh, we ended up losing our house, which was a very, this is almost 10 years ago, well, longer than that. Uh, it was painful. Oh man, was that painful. Uh, but we learned some valuable lessons during that time. And it really is true. If we're borrowing money, especially the kind that we can't pay back or we have no idea how we're gonna pay it back, um, the Bible says you're gonna become a slave to whoever is loaning you that money. Um, we also know that when we are in debt to somebody else, we kind of, we're entering into sort of a slave master relationship with the creditor, right? And sometimes we borrow, uh, we lend money in family. Sometimes we do it in friendship. And I think, you know, I had a friend who told me one day, she said, Heidi, if you're gonna let somebody borrow money, see it as a gift because money can mess up relationships really quickly. And we don't want that to happen. Uh, we don't want to ruin our relationships over money, all right? The next thing is that uh, the Bible talks about debt sometimes in good ways. The Bible says that we're supposed to lend it to others. And obviously, this is difficult to do if you don't have any money. If you can't, I, I don't know about you guys, but I want to be a blessing. Uh, and I don't have a lot of money, but it sure feels good to be able to help somebody else when they need it. But if you want some references on there, look up Matthew 5, uh, verse 42, and Deuteronomy 15, verses six and Deuteronomy 28, verse 12. I will link back to these in the show notes today. There's a great uh, post on debt and I'm taking a lot of what I'm saying right now out of it because I, I read lots of different things online before I went to answer your question. And I thought this guy really hit the nail on the head. Uh, the Bible also tells us that we are required to pay back what we borrow. And I think it's easy to sort of just go, oh, you know, it's not that big of a deal. But if we've borrowed it, we should pay it back. Romans 13, verse seven, pay to all what is owed to them. Taxes to whom taxes are owed. So all of you who are avoiding taxes, uh, the Bible says you're blowing it. Revenue to whom revenue is owed. Respect to whom respect is owed. Honor to whom honor is owed. Psalm 37, verse 21, the wicked borrows but does not pay back. 
The righteous is generous and gives. Ecclesiastes 5 verse 4, it is better not to make a vow than to make one and not fulfill it. A couple things. So uh, one thing I want to point out for sure, the Bible does not say that it's a sin to be in debt. And I think this is kind of getting to the crux of your issue. I, I think we could, debt can be used for really good things, right? Especially if you know, so if you, if you take out a business loan to help buy some capital because you know you're going to turn around and sell that and you're going to make money, and that's a way for you to make money, that's called managing your money. What we want to avoid is just getting into debt that we can't pay back. We want to avoid credit card debt like there's no tomorrow, right? When Jay and I were first married, somebody gave us a credit card to a store that has since gone out of business called Myron Frank. So if you're from the Portland, Vancouver area and you grew up here, you're going to go, oh, that's right. So we had a credit card to Myron, Myron Frank. I think I was 20 and my husband was probably 22. And we were like, woohoo, free money. We went down and got some shoes. I think we got a boom box. <laughs> uh, we only had like, a, I think maybe a $300 credit line, but we maxed it out. And I'll tell you what, six months later, we were super grieved we did it. So we've always told our kids, you know, if you don't have a way that is um, wise with managing your money and wise with taking on debt, if you're just taking on debt to uh, buy boom boxes and shoes, then there's a better way to do it. It's called shopping at secondhand stores. <laughs> so we want to stay out of debt, particularly, oh my goodness, you guys look at the interest rates on those cards. It's craziness. The Lord's going to give you wisdom. Uh, one of our one of our friends a long time ago told us that God was going to provide uh, for his needs through a loan from the bank. And I just don't know, you guys, I just don't, I don't see that in the Bible. I just don't see that. I don't see God providing anything uh, through loans. He provided for his people in lots of ways, right? Ravens came to feed him. Uh, he, We saw incredible things happen. Hello, manna rained down from the sky. God, in my experience in walking with him, is rarely early, but he's never late. And I think sometimes we panic and I remember remember very clearly one year when my husband and I were really struggling financially. Uh, we were driving to an event in Seattle and I was in tears, you know, sitting in the front seat of the car, just just lamenting, like, where where is our house payment going to come from? You know, uh, the ministry, ministry doesn't really pay unless you're, you know, well, people who will remain nameless, uh, who are making millions and millions. Most people who are in the ministry, you know, just ordinary people, a lot of them struggle to make ends meet. A lot of them work two and three jobs. And my husband and I had been struggling for a long time. And I'll never forget this. He looked at me and he just said, you know, Heidi, I wonder if this isn't part of a test of our trust in the Lord. And maybe instead of panicking, we should start praising and we should say, thank you, Lord. You haven't provided for us for this so far, but we know that you're going to because you always do. You are the provider. And we it was kind of the beginning of a real mindset shift for me to start seeing the Lord as my provider and and looking for the ways that he would provide. And so I want to just encourage you to do that. Uh, and, and also encourage you, uh, it's okay to say no to things. I think we live in an instant gratification culture, right? We, we want it and we want it right now. Uh, so um, trust that the Lord's going to provide for you. Start setting money aside and saving it. Don't panic uh, when you start to get into trouble. And then recognize uh, sometimes the trouble that we get into is trouble that we make for ourselves, right? We made poor decisions and poor, one poor decision results in another one, which results in another one. And that is not the way that the Lord uh, wants us to live. So I just want to encourage you. Uh, A, I think we should stay out of debt. We want to learn to manage 
money the way God wants us to manage it. There are lots of great resources for you online. Um, there's one guy I found, and I'll link back to him today. Uh, his name is Bob Lotich. I think that's how you, you say, say his name. Um, but he has got about 10 years of experience writing about biblical personal finance. And he's written several books, including Managing Money God's Way. And uh, he's been featured on Forbes magazine and the Huffington Post. He's definitely worth reading. And obviously, uh, we want the, that financial wisdom that comes from the Bible, as well as other people who can help us and give us good ideas. So consider checking out uh, Dave Ramsey, and then also this other guy, Bob Lodich, and I'll link back to him in the show notes today. All right, one other question, and I'm going to hurry, hurry, hurry with this one because I'm really out of time. Uh, this is from Rachel. She said, my question is this, is it ever wrong to want more children? Uh, she said she uh, she always joked about having five to nine kids. Um, so to stop now just feels wrong. She always wanted a large family. Her great-grandmother had 12 children. My grandmother had eight children. I hear of large families and I'm envious. I know my whole life would revolve around my children for quite some time, but I already make it that way. We don't have a lot of money and we're still working on our debt. My husband is hesitant. Um, he says he wants to wait a couple of years, but by then he'll be in his mid forties and I fear he'll change his mind. I also fear that the pressure uh, that he would feel providing for more. Okay, so um, I actually can't answer your question on this one. Um, because I think this is between you and the Lord and it's between you and your husband. But I do know what the Bible says about children. And that's where I want to, that's where I'm going to direct you. I'm going to direct you back to the heart of God because his heart is for children. The Bible says in Psalm 127 verse three, that children are a heritage from the Lord. They're a reward from him. And uh, we have all kind. I mean, God's heart is for children. I love out of Isaiah 54, verse 13, it says, all your children shall be taught by the Lord and great shall be the peace of your children. Children's children are crowned to the aged. So he's talking about grandparents, right? And parents are the pride of their children. Um, God does so much work in and through uh, families. And if the Lord has laid it on your heart and he hasn't laid it on your husband's heart, pray for him. Pray for, pray, just pray about it. And Jay and I have a, and I don't have time to tell today, but we have a great, story and a great just a, a testimony really of what the Lord did in our life and in our marriage and because when we first got married Jay just wanted to have two kids and I wanted three and obviously we, we ended up with seven <laughs> and so it's a great story of just God's work in our life um, but I think it's a personal decision it's a, it's a decision that you make prayerfully and with your husband but what we definitely want to know is God's heart and God's heart is for children so I always tell people you know, I never talk people out of having babies. I have watched the Lord provide for my husband and I with our seven children in miraculous, amazing ways. And even though having a big family has been challenging, I wouldn't trade it for the world. Uh, we had, we suffered one miscarriage um, after our third child was born. And uh, it really opened my eyes to the preciousness of life and how fleeting it is. And we made a decision that we wanted to invest in our family. And so that's what we've spent the last uh, almost 30 years doing. And it's the hardest, best thing we have ever done. So um, I wouldn't make it a legalistic issue. I just pray that the Lord would give you his heart and show you what he wants you to do. Never make plans, you guys, without consulting the Lord. Uh, the Bible says that, you know, that we make our plans, but the Lord directs our steps. Well, why would this be untrue in planning our family? God wants to talk to you about it and, uh, so lean in and listen to him. I hope you guys have been encouraged today. Thank you so much for sending us letters over at, to the podcast. If you want to have your question addressed on the podcast, shoot me an email. You can email me anytime, podcast at thebusymom.com. Please put mailbox Monday. 
in the subject line. I am so excited to see a bunch of you this weekend at HSLDA in Washington, D.C. And then next weekend, October 6th for the MomStrong Conference in Vancouver. Tickets are still on sale uh, for the MomStrong Conference right now. And uh, we hope you guys will join us. Bring your women's group, uh, bring your mother, bring your sister, anybody who you think would benefit from walking in closer relationship with the Lord and knowing his word and God's heart for them. Bring them to the MomStrong Conference. I promise you won't leave the same as when you came in. Love you guys. Thank you so much for listening. I'll see you back here on Wednesday. For more encouragement, visit me online at thebusymom.com.